Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Drunk Friend Podcast, episode 79. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Trav, and that guy over there, that's Alex. Hello, Alex. Yo. Yo. How hard is it to resist going into, like, full morning radio DJ when you do those intros? Like, <laughs> It's tough. It's tough. This is the only podcast where I do this very energetic uh, kind of newscaster intro and it, the, I do have to fight off like welcome to Sunday morning radio everybody this yeah. is this is the gator yeah. <laughs> sitting over here with the bulldog <laughs> my name is Mike Fart Michael and this is my pal <laughs> Rob Shitwinkle and we're the, gonna tell you all about the drive <laughs> the morning zoo <laughs> that's right man horrible yeah maybe i'll start doing that maybe there'll be the new get the new gag for the show is every episode i we come in with just this hot radio intro <laughs> i love and just the, 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 you you got to watch that simpsons episode i think it's the one where bart wins an elephant from a radio contest and just the mm. djs the dj voices they do are just like like so over the top it's it's freaking hilarious it also reminds me of uh uh, El Chupacabra, uh, Nick Kroll on Reno 911. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I forgot all about that. I really so deep dive that show. Yeah. Oh, I just recently did. It's on HBO Max, and oh man, I I felt like I was in a relationship with that show because I really just binged it for months. Uh, yeah, going back through it, man, it's, it still holds up. So good. Yeah, yeah. God. It's one of those easily revisitable shows that mm-hmm. uh, yeah, easy to binge. It's crazy um, how old it is. It's like, you know, it's over 15, 16 yeah. years old. So, like, you know, they're shooting shooting scenes where, like, cell phones aren't ubiquitous. And it's, yeah. it's weird for me that that's Reno 911 because I watched that in college when it was coming out. So, like, how old how old are we? Oh, my God. Did you ever see The State by any chance? Cause I, ha- I haven't. I need to, though, because I love Thomas Lennon and Yeah, it's Yeah, it's Robert all those guys. It's what they did not right after the state they those guys kind of splintered apart and did all sorts of weird stuff mm-hmm. um but um yeah that was the big successful one was Reno 911 and that's oh, got so from good. the and you see like all sorts of uh cast members from the state show up on like a one episode guest sort of a deal like i think Michael Ian Black does doesn't he oh yeah and, yeah and um yeah. Pl- but yeah it's Thomas Lennon uh Ben Garant or whatever his name is mm-hmm. and uh uh, what's her name? Laura. Uh, they're all from the state. Yeah, I think Michael Ian Black plays a uh, this guy who's like terminally ill, but he's a total asshole in Reno Nine One One. He's only in a few episodes, but I remember they, that now. Yeah. <laughs> oh awesome. man. Speaking of comedy, man, I had a a great experience uh, last weekend. I uh, had my. It's technically my second improv show. So we, so this uh, is a we, this is a show in front of an audience, like people. Yeah, but. It's still like, you know, the, the comedy troupe itself has a reputation for being like the comedy attraction in the city, but then COVID happened, right? And so all of that got shut down. So for the last couple of years, it's just been rehearsing amongst themselves. And then I got brought on board in the middle of that. So I've had no show experience. And I'm one of the only ones in the group that has never been in front of a crowd. So to warm back up to crowds, they're doing, we're doing some like private, like friends and family only, very limited. Yeah, shows you know wear a mask kind of we're still kind of in that but that still having, having period, said right? that having said that though like on a scale of one to ten how nervous were you well you know like i said we did one in november and i was about to throw up like constantly just thinking about it but for this one for some reason i was way more relaxed i don't know if it was just kind of like you know whatever that giant just, bowl you smoked before could have been that <laughs> Although I don't think I would have been very sharp at all. Or maybe uh, you just that, you're just having a good day. You just uh, woke up, took really one of those uh, double tapered shits like uh, jo- George <laughs> Brett used to talk about. Double tape. That's right. Double tapered right. shit. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe you just were, were were in the zone that day, and it was just that's just how it works for you. Man, well, it's it's funny that you ask that because some of the people that are in the troupe who I think are just extremely talented and are, have nerves of steel. Uh, right before the show, they were like, are you nervous? I was like, not, no, not really. And they're like, God, I am. And I'm like, well, don't, I don't need you to be nervous. Cause I, I thought you guys were keeping it cool. Like I was kind of playing off you guys. Now you're going to make me nervous if you keep talking like that. That's not good. That's like uh, flying on an airplane and the pilot's like, are you nervous? <laughs> well, I am. Exactly. <laughs> we're flying exactly. an airplane. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What the but, hell am know, I doing? It was, <laughs> it was a smaller crowd. And uh, I don't know. I will say a couple of weeks before this, during a few of our rehearsals, I 
got kind of down on myself. I didn't I didn't have some good rehearsals, and I was like getting in my own head, like man, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe maybe this, maybe that. And I was like on the verge of being like, maybe it's not for me, and it's maybe I should step away. You know, I got I got that low, and then mm. I don't know. I think I think getting there, and then just being kind of like, you know what, just have fun. Yeah. When I got to that point. And I had fun. It was easy. But, man, it was great. Like, uh, it was such a good show. People were laughing, having fun. A few people came up after the show and, and were excited about it. So now I'm all re-energized. That's awesome. So how many yeah, people great. are we talking here in the in this audience? Oh, it's not big at all. 20, 25 at most. That's still, uh, that's tough, man. That's that's And it's good. friendly faces, too, which yeah. helps. You know, I mean, I didn't know any of them. No, nobody I invited could come because it's a city over. But... Uh, it was still like a, a friendly crowd. Like we got to hang out with them after because everybody knew them, right? So it was, it was like performing for at least someone else's friends. But uh, <laughs> no, it was it was so much fun, and I I think I'm a little bit addicted to that, like that stage energy. I I, I understand. Oh sure, it yeah. So I'm like, sure. oh my god, that was great. Yeah, you know, when the only thing I can relate to with that is that's how I approach stuff like golf, where. Oh. Um, it's like God, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe maybe I just suck. I'm just wasting my time. I hate everything. I, I play like crap, you know, you know, at at, at this certain mm-hmm. course. I can't hit these shots consistently. I can't putt worth a damn. And then you just go out and have that like one round that like fixes everything. Like I remember I, I can remember those rounds I had uh uh way back when I played golf all the time, back in my twenties. And god damn, it's like, oh, that's why I'm doing this. Cause this <laughs> Because of this feeling, because when you just flush one and you hit it perfectly, oh, you get yeah. it within like ten feet. It's like, god damn, that's a great feeling. So yeah, that's really awesome to hear that you're that you had that experience. Uh, it's pretty inspiring because there is no way in hell I would ever do anything like that. I'd, I'd have to be pretty damn drunk. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I didn't think I was the kind of person to do it either. I was a very, you know, other than being on a microphone and talking to people on a podcast where I can kind of showboat behind my you know monitor and keyboard showboat got uh, you goofing new boot goofing i'm out here goofing man I'm having a good time <laughs> but when it comes to like you know being on a stage with people i mean that's a whole different thing i'm i'm awkward in person more than anybody i know like i hide from the pizza guy like i'm not good with people <laughs> and that's not that's not uh, false either like i make my wife call people because i'm like i don't, don't want to talk to me they're calling you can answer you answer answer please answer please answer they're calling back like i freak out so to be on it's it's incredible that I even wanted to do it, much less have followed through to the point where I feel well, that's, like I'm doing that okay. Kinda ex- that kind of explains why you want to do it, though, so you, you don't have to be like that. Yeah, right. Thing, to overcome right? a lot of the weird stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah so, I hear you on that. It's been uh, it's been good. I mean, podcasting helps, too. So uh, here we are. We're doing our thing. We're overcoming our, our demons, man, out here just podcasting. Yeah. Good Lord. That's, that's what it's all about, man. It's about, all about trying new stuff getting the way out of your comfort zone get out of uh you know get out of the old and into the cold as they used to say in those uh uh was that miller light miller genuine draft commercials i don't know it just feels like something that people would just say in minnesota (laughs) get out of the old into the cold you don't remember those commercials where the guy is somehow able to open the beer just by flicking it with his thumb and then it starts snowing outside Yes, like yes. I, I always, I always wanted to be able to do that. Like if I were a superhero, my superpower would be to flick open a beer with my thumb. Like that, that would yep. be it. <laughs> Just to have like a bionic thumbnail that opens beer bottles. I bet there's an age range of dude out there who has a mangled, still have mangled thumbnails from trying to do that <laughs> back in the day. Poor guy. Yeah, yeah. it's growing in like four different pieces. <laughs> what happened there? Uh, shark. Shark bite. I fought a badger. Uh, (laughs) It's like, no, I tried to open a Michelob with too much confidence. That's what happened. Damn, Michelob. I haven't even thought about it. Michelob was my jam. Michelob Golden Light. That was my go-to cheap beer back when I was a kid. When I was a kid. When you were a kid. (laughs) When I was, you know, in my broke in my early 20s. (laughs) Back in grade school. It was that. (laughs) No, grade school is more of a PBR guy. Get a few pogs, a PBR. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just chill <laughs> sometimes i use an empty can you know as an ashtray and i'd, I'd use that as my pog slammer <laughs> oh shit that's amazing oh great school's rough seg- man rough times <laughs> i was gonna say i don't even know how to segue into felix the cat from that but um, 
Well, I'll I can reiterate. Uh, um, speaking of grade school, that's Felix the Cat came out. Um, I remember that was on the cover of Nintendo Power for some dumb reason. Um, yeah, it, which is, is which was very confusing to me as a kid, and my mom was really excited. You don't know Felix the Cat, and she's singing the song and everything, and I'm just like, no, no, nothing. Sorry, I got nothing for you, mom. But um, That's crazy. So, yeah, so she it, was a big Felix the Cat. I guess when she was younger, it was much yeah, more popular, it was on T. But... It was on TV. It was they played oh. reruns and stuff. But um, yeah, it was um, uh, actually turned out to be a pretty dang good game, as you pointed out. Um, yeah. It's you get, uh, you, one of the you, rare you, NES games that's, I'm going to say, playable from all ages. <laughs> Hudson Soft, it's, it's a heck of a lineup here with uh, Fizanadu, uh Princess Tomato. Yeah. Um, sneaky good game, though. You'd think that would be tacky and weird and dumb, but it's actually pretty damn good. Um, Adventure Island, yeah, Robo Warrior, uh, Star Soldier's good. Yeah. Bom- of course, Bomberman. And uh, Pam's Bomberman. favorite game, Adventures of Dino Ricky. ah yeah pam good a good uh a good sport when it comes to uh being a dino ricky fan that pam uh yeah dude so felix the cat surprising i know actually honestly pam uh is i associate her completely with felix the cat because i think that's her favorite game from her childhood so um when i played through that game and and then i made the video she was the one of the first people i sent the video to was like i feel like i need your stamp of approval because i know i know this is your a a beloved childhood game for you and it was approved by pam so we're good pam it's got the pam seal but i was really surprised by how how good that game was it's just one of those that you know flies under the radar it's based on a cartoon cat it's licensed so you're like probably ass yeah and it was uh, it it also came out kind of late didn't it like 91 or 92 so that Super Nintendo was already out, so that that didn't uh, help things either. But um, yeah, well, fetches a big price too. Yeah, late ninety two. So I mean, that's even even later than I, yeah. I mean, if you're not sold on this game and you're listening and you and you want to know what it's like, you get a jumping tank. Yeah, dude. Like, how cool is that? You get a jumping can- tank, and like you point out in the video, his he flies an airship of his own head, which uh, I never realized that. And it's like, oh, that is his own head. Oh the oh the submarine the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah I'm sorry the submarine I got got mixed yeah. up there yeah I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought that was hilarious because yeah, uh, so many goofy little things it, yeah. it does have personality too like that I mean it reminds it's it it's kind of a Kirby re- recipe yes in that way so it's it's, it's easy a, and fun and yeah it's such a happy game like you look around and like the airplane stage I'm looking at right now. And uh, everybody's smiling. Even the blocks that are in your way to block your path are all happy and smiling and laughing, and just just a, a game with a lot of good vibes. So, yeah, I would, I definitely would have liked this as a kid for sure. Yeah, especially when you realize that you could get to the end, and you're like, "Holy shit, I made it to the end of an NES." Yeah, game? yeah, wow. very rare. I think the only the only game I could beat probably when I was a kid was like Little Mermaid or something like that. Or dude, yeah, I think that was actually that one and uh, Guerrilla War because it had infinite continues. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh but yeah, speaking of the eight bit man, you, you released a video and it's very rarely very rare that you can release uh a game or a, a video that's full of games that never left Japan and I'm familiar with most of them. But you came to my neck of the woods with this 8-bit stuff, and a lot of this was near and dear to my heart. So I really, really enjoyed that last video. Yeah. Uh, I got a, a bunch of info and ideas from your videos on some of these games, like Goonies, <laughs> like um, uh, what was the other one you did? I think you did one on Splatterhouse. Yeah, and, Splatterhouse and Kidnicky 3. Kidnicky yeah. 3. That's kind of what um, tipped me off to, to do this, because Kidnicky 3 was completely different than uh the first two games it's a weird series but um and i played that and i was like holy crap this really does have a Mega Man feel to it like this is pretty Mm -hmm. awesome so i added that to my list and slowly got footage and yeah it's a good it's a really good list too because you i guess for for famicom stuff probably or much less than the super super famicom stuff you can get away with not knowing japanese for a good number of them yeah and I think that that gets lost on some people. They're like, "Oh, it's Famicom only, so I probably, you know, I probably can't play. I probably gotta know, yeah, you know, Japanese." Well, like, no, you don't. Even then, it's um, you got to uh, 
you know, I, I don't have a PC. I just have a phone and, you know, all my consoles. I don't, uh, I don't know how to patch something. You know, I hear right. that a lot now too, where it's like, you don't need to patch anything. You just, <laughs> yeah, hop in. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for a game like Layla, like there's a lot of, um, God, I'm so tempted to make another bad Eric Clapton joke, but I'll spare you. Oh, my God. Well, no, it's funny because when I, as soon as I saw that name pop up, I was like, if there's not an Eric Clapton joke in the next 13 <laughs> seconds, I'm going to be, I'm going to let him know all about it. But Later. you didn't disappoint. Yeah, you didn't disappoint. Glad, glad to be of service. But yeah, <laughs> that game, that game has a lot going on. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's pretty disappointing that that didn't get localized, but. Like, you actually get to recover your partner and then go after the bad guys, and your partner just kind of, like, tags along with you and adds to your firepower. I thought that was really nice. Yeah, but, that's uh, interesting. Instead of just the rescue at the end and the roll credits, you actually get some benefit out of that. That's yeah, cool. yeah, you get to actually, like, you know, have that person. It's like a party member. It's kind of cool. Yeah. But, yeah, that the way these videos are put together, though, it's it's very slowly, like, piece by piece. So I pick up games here and there and i add them to like this uh notepad file and then finally it's I've, i get a collection of like 12 and it's like okay uh well, do i have footage yes or no and then i get started on it and that's can take as long this one took almost a year to yeah, that's crazy to me man i put together i need to start and I, I think i said this uh a year ago when i saw the first one or 2019 it was day after christmas 2019 when you december did the first 2019 yeah. games I was like, man, I need to start making a list of, you know, list idea videos like this because, I, yeah, I think I spend too much time being like, what can I think of right now for for a video soon? But you're just cooking. You got lists cooking. You probably got like 10 lists right now that you're populating for future video ideas, and I don't think that far ahead at all. Uh, Well, actually, 10 is, a, yeah, I think you're uh, underestimating me here a little bit. Let's count them. All right, we got uh, oh, one, shit. two, three, four, five, six. Oh, well, a couple of these are lame that I'm I'm never gonna do. But uh, it's 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, wow. 25, 26, 27. Some of them I'm never gonna do. Like, uh, uh, what, what's an example of a bad one? Like bad game, but great soundtrack. Like. I got two, I got two games listed for that Lagoon and Waterworld and Pictionary. <laughs> oh yeah, Pictionary. If I expand it to NES, yeah, NES, Pictionary. Yeah. Oh um, my god, dude, that TikTok that I sent you. I know we're speaking about a visual <laughs> yeah. medium, but holy shit, I don't even look at TikTok. Someone sent me that, or maybe it was I don't know what it is, an Instagram doohickey. But like, just this whole thing about how this guy comes in, this executive, and he's like, "All right, we need uh, we need music for Pictionary, but don't go crazy, okay? We don't want anybody's faces to get melt off." It just cuts to this dude with this big setup fucking hitting that Pictionary jam and it blows his... Oh, it's so fucking funny. Yeah, go... It, listeners, go listen to the Pictionary music. If you if you didn't last week or the last episode, do it this episode. You'll you'll get a big uh. smile on your face because you'll, you'll hear this like kick-ass fire music and then you, you just imagine people playing Pictionary on NES. <laughs> oh my God. And it's so good too. I, yeah. I, I've honestly gone back and listened to it just on my own. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's super fun. It's really good. <laughs> oh man. Um all right. So yeah, great great videos. Great videos by us. Another Thanks. good job by us. Man, yeah, good job really by us. Right I agree. Damn. Damn, we're just fucking killing it. Hey Dubbies. Famous silent video game protagonist Gordon Freeman here to tell you about the Tales of the Lesser Medium podcast. Prepare to recoil in awe as Caleb and Travis entertain you through famous video game storylines from such legendary series as Tomb Raider, Resident Evil, Gears of War, TV VCR repair, and more. If you enjoy video games, funny skits, and voice talent that will make you question the existence of God, you need to listen to Tales of the Lesser Medium, part of the Polymedia Network. Uh, and then
then good job by you guys because we have we have plenty of emails to read. And it has been a while since we re-released an episode. We each had some things going on, but but we're back now, and we have an email from one of the very many Robs that listen to the show. And thank you all the Robs out there. Uh, this is Rob from the N sixty four U podcast, which is kind of a neat uh, neat name there. N sixty four U. I get it. Good job, Rob. Uh, a message from the Legion of Drunk Friend Fan Fan blah. Legion of Drunk Friend Fans named Rob. Hello, drunk friends. It's always a pleasure listening to you both chat about literally anything, so much so that you've both inspired me to create my own podcast that reviews N64 games. I know the N64 is a polarizing console on this podcast, but it has been entertaining, to say the least, to revisit nostalgic games from my childhood with an analytical eye. Hey, man, that's how it always gets started, dude. It's all good. Uh, my question is threefold. Number one, what game or games have you both revisited somewhat recently that didn't age as well as you remember? And Alex, we, I feel like we get asked this a lot, but I'll, I'll at least yeah. admit that the concept of recently is an ever-shifting point in time. So has there been anything even more recently uh, that you've dug around in that you're like, man, this didn't age good? No, not really. That I mean, not that I can think of, but uh, I, I try and come up with a different answer each time. I'm not sure if I've used Mortal Kombat 2 as an answer yet because uh that game was the shit back in the day but playing it now it's like okay all these all these characters have the same size same range of motion you got to sit there and do these goofy little inputs to do these uh you know ridiculous <laughs> you know mm-hmm. moves uh the gore is fun the lore is fun you know all the characters are fun but the actual combat is not great i would much rather play uh, just about any you know any other Street Fighter style fighting game, rather than the how Mortal Kombat plays. It's just so stiff and just eh, it doesn't agree with me, I guess. But yeah. yeah, I don't know if I've used Mortal Kombat for that answer before, but I'm using it now. <laughs> All good. I think that the somehow that game got harder as I got older. I don't know what it is. I feel like back I, in the was, day. Are you talking about like just fighting the computer AI to yeah. the game single player? Oh, that's always been bullshit. It's been it's ridiculous. Like especially if you're playing uh somebody like Melina further up the the ladder mm-hmm. or whatever and she does that cheap teleport move that's like unstoppable. <laughs> it's it's like what am I doing? I'm just wasting my time playing this. But yeah, I hear you on that. That's that's definitely a thing. Man, I, I I think of all the times when I was a kid where I saw more of the game. I'm almost I was almost certainly cheating and just don't remember cheating to to get as far as I did because I'm older and I'm like, man, I remember getting to this part as a kid. How come it's so hard now and I'm so much better at games these days? But it's like, no, you know, I was probably I probably had like ten cheat codes on my side back then. That's how I got to see that shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, Rob, I hate to say I don't really revisit games often. So I hate to have like a a no like a non answer for you, but I'm betting that original Legend of Zelda would still kick some ass. So I'm going to say that one uh, is probably going to age as well as I remember, and I just don't have an answer for you. I'm so sorry. That's your answer. You, you, you just went Legend of Zelda and then just noped out of the question. That's not fair. I'm going to say Legend of Zelda is perfect, and uh, that will never be my answer. That was my answer. That's not an answer. I know. I, I don't have an answer. I haven't revisited anything. <laughs> Except Legend of Zelda, apparently. Oh, it's going to lead into this this question, too. What game or games held up as uh, as well as you remembered or even exceeded your expectations? And I'm going to go ahead and say again, Legend of Zelda. Uh, <laughs> just, it's fucking perfect. And every time I play it, I'm like, damn, is this game? did they make it better when I wasn't looking? <laughs> Still good. What what's your opinion of the second quest? Do you how often do you <laughs> It's hard. Do, I can't I can't <laughs> find the third castle. Oh, damn. Man. Okay. Yeah. I it's so I'm not the only one then cuz it is pretty damn hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good times. Uh games that held up as well. Oh, for me, you know, I'm going to be use my version of Legend of Zelda and that's Griffey Baseball. And by that I mean Griffey presents MLB not uh winning run, but uh that game's still plays you know i still play it all the time uh it's there's a guy uh that uh, updates the rosters Mm. to uh current teams i i I have a 2021 season going right now where byron buxton's hitting like 550 of course uh, through through like 45 games or something like that but um yeah that game is is just as good uh if not better you know one answer i'll give always love when 
games try something truly different and a game like ActRaiser and ActRaiser has held up really well despite like how weird it was at the time mm-hmm. you know going back and forth between the the sim parts and the uh the action stuff they got the pacing down perfectly the boss fights are challenging but not like a total dick to to, Mm -hmm. it's not that hard to beat the game but it's still definitely a challenge like that boss gauntlet at the end yeah that that's a game where you know something might seem hokey in retrospect like yeah the sim parts aren't the most detailed there's not a lot to them but it gives you a nice uh change of pace from the they don't last too long is what i'm trying to say like they they keep keep a good pace it's like kind of relaxing the music is nice and plus you get to meet your villagers and some of those people are weirdos so that's that's always fun but yeah. uh it yeah. has a lot of personality for it was it 91 when it came out it was yeah that was that. real early on that was like within like uh, a month or two months of the super nintendo being released in north america so yeah uh, what in 64 game, this is last question, what in 64 game would benefit from a Super Nintendo slash NES D-Make? I personally would be interested to see what the heck a 16-bit Mario Party game would look like. It's not a bad suggestion. Do you yeah. have a suggestion? That would be cool. Uh, I want to see Mischief Makers on Genesis because um, that's a treasure game, and Treasure did oh. some, some of their best stuff on Genesis. So it'd be cool to see that. Uh uh, done, uh, you know, where uh, Treasure got their start. Did they get their start on the Genesis? I don't even know, but... I think so, yeah. I mean, I just, I immediately think of Gunstar Heroes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, Dynamite Heady or any of that stuff. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really the only one I can think of. I really... That, that game is, you know, stuck out of time on the N64. It feels like it should have been a 16-bit game. Yeah, it feels more suited for 16-bit, honestly, in some ways. Uh, my answer would probably maybe a Mode 7 Wave Race be kind of cool Ooh, yeah that would be cool it'd be f- a, a fun challenge to uh deal with uh you know some of the uh, how would you create the waves what was that game was it Hyperzone or something that kind of you could probably steal a little bit from that game and just make it a, a bumpier ride with some waves and yeah yeah Hyperzone uh does that um there's also games like uh not the first super off-road but the one that came after it it's like super off-road the baja or something like that (laughs) and that one it has like hills and stuff like that like it's got the camera perspective behind the truck but uh, you're going over hills and stuff like that and dodging boulders and trees and stuff like that like i feel like that could be implemented to to make wave race work on snes possibly you'd probably need a lot of like extra help from like the super fx chip and stuff like that but it can be done it can be done i mean i tell you man taco bell has ruined the the word baja for me as soon as i saw <laughs> super off-road the baja i was like spicy yeah yeah uh, it's got a tang to it <laughs> yeah they, that, that uh. goes back that goes back a while doesn't it like does yeah. that go back to the 90s when they were pulling that stuff i think so yeah i mean it's ruined the word for me for a long time to the point that i was like i wonder if there's a super off-road supreme yeah <laughs> oh, boy <laughs> Gotta gotta come with sour cream and guac though. <laughs> that's that's what I'm all about, man. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Rob. He says, uh, "Keep up the great work, gentlemen." Sincerely, Rob from the N64U podcast. So, thank you for the email, Rob. Good luck with your podcasting endeavors, and enjoy your N64. Yeah, and enjoy your N64 because nobody else will. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ah, got slam his ass. Dunk. Yeah, <laughs> Team Bits over here, man. Eight bit sixteen bit sixty four. Come on, come on, get out of here! All right, I, we got two separate emails from Mike asking two separate questions. Oh, right. The first one is: Which two Mega Man oh. X songs are your least favorite from the first game in the series? That is a <laughs> very specific question. Damn those Mega Man fans! I I you. generally don't like naming least favorite stuff from something i really like <laughs> i but i do have a cheap answer i thought of it's uh it's the boss theme because uh it's it's stressful you know <laughs> right so you get your heart rate up you're like nah so so it the two would be the final boss theme mm. i'm not doing it justice trust me it's I stressful don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, do, you, do you have an answer for this? 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm just not good at naming songs in general. I mean, I have no problems naming things I dislike about games I like. For example, uh, when it comes to the Legend of Zelda, I don't like how perfect it is. <sighs> that bothers me. But anyway, um, I don't know. Is there a fart man? I don't like his theme. <laughs> And I'm gonna say whatever song plays when you get a game over. I bet that sucks. Oh yeah, that that, that definitely sucks. <laughs> but I love Mega Man X, man. That's the only X uh, Mega Man X game that I played is the first one, and I I loved it. It took me, me and a buddy, about I don't know four hours to try to get that goddamn Hadouken. We finally got it. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite things in any game is because it's so freaking overpowered. Yeah, it's uh, awesome. you, you can one shot bosses with that shit. But mm-hmm. uh, then Mike asks, Alex, does Torneco's Great Adventure Mystery Dungeon make it into your top 10 SNES games of all time? Not even close. Not even. No. Wow. No way. Dude. And I don't say that to slag the game. I say that because here, let's rattle off the top 10 Super Nintendo games like in any order. OK, we're, we're talking Mario World. We're talking Yoshi's Island, Super Metroid, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI, Link to the Past. Uh, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, uh, Contra 3, Earthbound, Mario RPG, uh, that's 10, right? Um, Felt like 50. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Mario Kart, uh, Contra 3, Super Castlevania 4, like, you have a lot of, like, really, really good games. Like, Turtles in Time, I forgot about that one. Um, so no, it's not even going to make the top 20. Uh, may, I, I guess I could see it being top 30, maybe. I don't know, but it's nowhere near the top 10. I mean, even top 30 is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> especially when you start including Super Famicom stuff. Like yeah. The, the Goemon games, uh, mm-hmm. some of those RPGs, you know, like, uh, uh, Front Mission Gun Hazard and, you know, Final Fantasy V and stuff like that. Then it's yeah. Then it's you're think looking at like top fifty maybe. I do right. like the game because it's it's definitely different. It's a mystery dungeon game done in uh you know on a Super Nintendo game, which is pretty awesome. Uh, so if if you like random dungeon stuff, uh, it's that's totally up your alley. But yeah, doesn't touch any of the classics or anything like that. And I just love that it's based on just a silly side character from a, a different series. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the uh, the, so cool. the merchant guy. He's got a yeah. he's and his is you get to meet his family and stuff like that. Yeah, it's super cool. It just looks like you know, Wilford Brimley <laughs> with a blue mustache. Was, oh, yeah, when he was younger. Yeah, <laughs> it's really strange. Getting he's he's setting up his hustle, that that diabetes <laughs> hustle. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, just selling candy and diabetes tests uh, <laughs> just influences what a terrible thing to say. I'm ashamed of myself. You but, should be, and I'm leaving it in. Uh, all right. Up next, we got an email from Giano uh, titled, Won't Somebody Think of the Children? Good day, drunk friends. Tingle. Surely he's not allowed within 200 meters of schools and playgrounds in Hyrule, right? Have a great weekend, Giano. And, uh, man, I'm going to have to agree with that. You know, in fact, I don't even think I would let Tingle in Hyrule. I think he could go live on the moon's face from Majora's Mask. That dude creeps me out. He reminds me of old Greg or something. Yeah, uh, that's, um, I, I had to Google Tingle Zelda, to, and, and it was like, oh, it's that guy. And it's like, mm-hmm. if, if he kind of looks like a cartoon Gilbert Gottfried or something like that, yeah. with a yeah. big red nose. He kind of reminds me of the Noid. Yeah, dude, yes. And I'm very annoyed when this guy is around. I don't like the Tingle. Yeah, I, I that guy can go to hell, uh, you know, straight to hell. You know, straight he, to he, hell he could skip the moon and go straight to hell <laughs> yeah yep John. Oh, you're right we thought of the children and uh, we decided no we don't want tingle uh, around any children ever well either way he's not allowed within 200 meters of schools and playgrounds or you know life in general right get him out of here i hope he never resurfaces in another video game that would be uh, yeah that was weird they gave him like his own series like what, did people really want that in their lives were there big Tingle fans out there? I don't know. I Probably. Don't know. Probably. All right. Uh, we got another email from Jeff. What does Jeff have? Jeff has a game room set up. He says, hey, guys, me and my wife recently purchased our first home. And though, eh, congratulations. And though we haven't set up everything just yet, 
We have yet to set up our gaming room. So here's my question. When you guys decided to set up your game cave, quote unquote, what ideas did you have in mind? Were there any specifics you had to have, such as shelves, TVs, monitors, etc.? Just wanted to pick your brains and hopefully spark some ideas of my own. Thanks, fellas. Jeff. You know who you need, Jeff, is Top Spot. Yeah, Top Spot will help you out. Top Spot, one, two, three. He's been a guest on the show. He's got a good channel for how to organize yourself. Uh, yeah, and I also have some thoughts, man. How exciting is it? I always love a, a fresh, like a blank canvas for a game room, being able to to put, put you know stuff in new places. Because I got to say, I got a pretty big collection, and once it's there, it's not moving. I'm yeah. pretty much stuck with my setup for, for a long time. And a lot of that's because I have baseboard heating in my basement, which means I, I can't have normal bookshelves that I can move around. I have to be very intentional. So I think the baseboards were just a catalyst for this idea, but adjustable wall mounted shelves are great because, you know, video game media, you know, if you have a collection, at least you got your 3DOs and your long boxes and that's just so big. And you got your, your Saturn boxes are just so big, but then you got like, you know, if you, maybe you do some, uh, some uh, cartridge only in 64s or Genesis stuff. I mean, that's real small. So you want to have some variability. You want to be able to control uh, how that stuff fits. You'll get you'll get the bang for the buck out of the real estate if you're able to get some adjustable shelves. That way you can kind of form fit things, and you'll, you'll leave yourself more room for cool posters and shit. And plus, you gotta have you gotta have a couple different setups. You gotta have your HD flat screen TV for your modern stuff, and you gotta have a CRT space. You can't have all that stuff going through the same TV. What what, what are you doing? You can't. Yeah, what are you? What are you doing? What are you Come doing? On. What are you even thinking? What are you thinking? What are you doing? Yeah, I completely. Uh, you hit it on the head right there. Uh, especially the last part, where yeah, you've got your your HD setup, which you know I've got my uh, uh, Super NT from Analog plugged into that, um, which is very very nice looking. But then I have like on my desk to the left of my computer, I have my uh, professional viewing monitor, which is only about like seven inches across. Really, really small thing, but it's like right next to my desk. I've got my uh, old Super Nintendo plugged in. I've got like my Genesis in a drawer, so I can put that in if I need it. Uh, my NES ready to roll. Uh, the only thing I don't have up here is my PS2, um, and, and then my handheld stuff has its own like section, basically right. like its its own corner with like a beanbag chair and and stuff like that. So yeah. I, I, I would, re- in terms of shelves, uh, you can't go wrong with Ikea Billy shelves. Mm, the Billy. Yeah. Uh, it's just that if you, you don't live here near an Ikea, you have to pay for shipping, which sucks. You know, I was thinking the other day, uh, you know, anytime they show somebody on uh, TV that's like a, in law, they always show the person talking, like on the news, they'll, they'll mm-hmm. show the person talking like in front of all these like books and these mahogany shelves, everything looks, or oak, like everything looks really expensive. The books look, look really old, like they haven't been touched in like 25 years. I want, I want to set up like that. Like I want like really fancy old bookshelves that you'd see in somebody's mansion. Only I want them completely filled with cartridges. <laughs> like I, I want the, the, the retro game equivalent of that, of, of a lawyer that shows up on the news in front of all his law books. Like, that's what I want. I love that, man. And then I want to eventually show up on the news and, like, talk about something serious. And he's like, does that guy have SimCity back there? Like, what? <laughs> what, yeah. what is that back there? Is that, is that an Earthbound cartridge? Holy shit. Oh, yeah, I love that. I can see that now, too, because, you know, I have the, the, the news running a lot here lately because there's a lot of world news that's, I guess, of interest. And they're, they're always cutting to somebody. A lot of folks are doing their their feats from their homes these days but you're right man 98 percent of the time they're in front of like the fanciest books that they could <laughs> that they possibly own and you could almost smell the mahogany by looking at some of these <laughs> you know you know that guy that guy's got a leather chair in there wh- mm-hmm. whoever's talking a leather chair a pipe a corn cob yeah. pipe a, a, a smoking jacket you know like a, a, a snifter of brandy and, Which uh, is the thing, man, like on those shows where like, it, you know, they go into the back room and they talk to the judge and everyone's just pouring giant cups of brandy <laughs> and they're just housing it and going back out there. I'm like, you can't drink that much in a work day. Like you, you seriously can't. Like it's fun to think that the, you know, business guys are always just getting smashed all day. You, you can't chug a whole bottle like they're doing in the movies and be able to be productive at all. You can't. You can't function. Yeah. God, uh, damn, I, really... I'm, I'm proof of that. 
but uh, it always yeah, cracks me up. Episode nineteen. Episode nineteen. Classic. Yeah, that's that's kind of my goal. You know, it's like, what are you building your channel towards? What are, what are your long term plans? Well, my long term plans is to get some really fancy shelves. So mm-hmm. if I'm ever on the news, uh, I, I'll look real professional with all my cartridges. That's true. And, and some and Jeff, some other things to think about when you're building out your room and your shelves and stuff. Be thinking about lighting the whole time. Do you want to light the shelves themselves uh, or have some, call. some good lighting in the room? Because sometimes it, it can be too late at some point. You get all the infrastructure up and you're like, damn, I wish I'd you know, put a wire through here, done something like that. So be thinking about that. And you can't go wrong having a few extra TVs mounted around the setup in case you want to maybe want to play a game or something and be streaming some Twitch or watch some sports over here on the side or or whatever, stream, stream some something or another. Uh, while you got your other setups going, man, I, that's been one of the greatest benefits for me is just being able to have some baseball on over here in one corner of my eye and be able to play like an RPG and just, you know, yeah. take it all in. Take yeah. it all in. So Jeff, good luck to you, man. And hey, send some pictures when you get it. Well, yeah, it's seriously like email us, uh, let us let us know how how it's going and all that. Um, uh, one other thing I want to mention real quick for cable management. Um, mm. If you're not a fan of uh, the tangled, you know, black, you know, mess, evil spaghetti, evil spaghetti. Yes, um, there is uh, something called Velcro brand one wrap cable ties. Oh, amen. You can get them like in a pack of a hundred for like twelve bucks on Amazon, and those things have a ton of uses. So they're very yes. very handy. They save a lot of space. Uh, I think Caleb was the one that actually pointed these out uh, in the Discord the other day, uh, and I was like, "Hey, those are those are great." I, I highly recommend uh, Velcro brand one wrap cable ties. All right, now they got to <laughs> send us a bunch because we <laughs> they just do type them up. Uh, don't leave them out loose though, because your cat will find them and he will love. <laughs> Oh, yikes. I find those things all over the place, but uh, it's all good. Our, our wires, our evil spaghetti is under control. Uh, very good. Thanks, Jeff. Good luck to you. Up next, we got an email that just simply is titled, Yo! Which makes me feel like Alex wrote it. Yo. Uh, Yo. Uh, from Tanuki. Hey, guys. Hope all is well. Just wanted to say it's funny how often I run into Alex in YouTube comments for great music. It's like when you're a kid and you see your teacher at the mall. <laughs> such a great analogy uh recently saw you on some ween and viagra boys videos calling you out there alex uh hell yeah that's all take it easy boys thank you tanuki for ratting out where alex has been on the internet Uh, i do enjoy ween i'm not familiar with the viagra boys there is that just jimmy johnson and frank thomas (laughs) nice nicely done um no they're they're like kind of a punk ish band from uh somewhere in the uh scandinavia area like denmark or sweden somewhere stockholm up there. sweden i'm seeing here uh, okay yeah and they uh just just look up the video for the game for the uh the game for the song sports and it's just like mm-hmm. this tatted up shirtless guy like wandering into a tennis match with a microphone he gets hit in the head <laughs> with the ball and uh they i i love their their style i love their their fuck it attitude they're awesome um, their sound really gets me. It's really simple music, simple rock music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're they're a lot of fun. They did uh, <laughs> they did this weird like live show recording uh, where they they played uh, a whole bunch of songs in like some warehouse where people were still working. So they were they were in the middle of this breakdown, and here comes like a, a forklift with a with a pallet and putting it down like right, right in front of them it's it's that, that's just they're they're weird but they're they're really entertaining so that's awesome yeah. i love his point about uh the analogy he made it's like seeing your teacher at the mall cuz this has actually happened to me with you a couple of times where and a lot of times it'll be videos that you've linked to me but i'll scroll down through the comments and, and you're usually near the top and this happens all the time where some like a lot of people that see your comments will respond to you like, hey, didn't expect to see you here, Alex. And hey, Snestrunk, how's it going? So it, it kind of gives YouTube a small town vibe sometimes and you run into people. <laughs> it's very yeah. weird. So, so now I need to get the teacher look down. I need a uh, cardigan <laughs> and uh, some loafers, some penny loafers, some corduroy pants. So yeah, yeah dude. Got to start rocking that look. Yeah, I think I see you a lot on the, uh, I don't know if I haven't, checked on his channel in a while but the state of mercury guy you you almost always seem to have the top rated comment on his videos so i, I could always go there <laughs> that guy like, oh, does awesome stuff still yeah yeah uh but uh yeah that's the hetfield in you you know Ooh, ah. 
but speaking of um, YouTube, uh, this would be a good segue, man. I loved uh, and Metallica. I loved uh, our pal. Well, he's, I guess he's not officially our pal, but I think you've interfaced with him some. Andre Antunes, guitarist. Uh, I think he's Brazil. Yeah, I, I believe he's from Brazil. Um, look him up on YouTube, Andre Antunes. He's the guy that um, does the, you know, Karen metal. Uh, he'll yeah. take he'll take like a viral clip and turn it into a metal song somehow. Like my my favorite is when he does uh, the stuff uh, the songs about the those uh, Southern Baptist preachers that are going off on these like weird rants about Satan. About yeah, he did Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland. Yeah, yeah and there's there's the uh, the pig collars. Oh, the pig the, collars is one of my favorites. Yeah, but my all time favorite of of that kind was the auctioneer metal. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing the auctioneers stuff. lend themselves very well to that style oh, it's of music. So good. Yeah, I gotta go listen to that one again. I know it was so good. Over. It was to the point that, like, I I obviously didn't know the words to it, but I could still kind of. You're just going around like a lunatic in your own house. I could scat along with it some, man. It was good. My wife even had. I heard her doing the dishes one time, just kind of humming along. I was like, hell yeah, dude! No way. That's awesome. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, he I guess on the 16th. So yeah, officially a couple weeks ago. Andre drops this this uh, what do you call it a mashup of Metallica's um, Master of Puppets in the style of Muse, and I haven't always been a Muse fan. I've liked a couple of their songs over the years, but dude, he fucking nails this sound, and I could not stop listening to this over and over again. I didn't realize Andre had those pipes. Yeah, he he nails this this overlap to where it's almost a perfect split dna of those two bands in this song i'm i'm still blown away by it i can't talk it up enough yeah well put um that's the thing about uh andre's other videos is that um he never sings he barely talks you don't know what his voice sounds like because because it's the viral video that's doing the vocals Mm -hmm. and he's playing along to that so when he comes out with something like this with master of puppets and he's he's hitting those high notes and he's hitting them strong he's not like you know limping in like Mm. like no this dude is like powerful like he's a great singer and just obviously a great guitarist great bass player like yeah that guy's got some pipes and it's a really fun reimagining of uh it's it's a it's a really interesting cover i like i like the idea i've seen some other people do that with um like one one I see pop up all the time is like uh, such and such song done in the style of typo negative. And that's because mm-hmm. typo negative has such a distinct sound with Peter's voice and the mm-hmm. the organs and, you know, the uh, uh, big muff fuzz on the bass and all that sort of stuff. But um, some some of those are kind of bleh. They're kind of just like, you know, they're just playing the song in that style and it just kind of ends there. There's not a whole right. lot of imagination outside of that. Whereas uh, what Andre does is he puts, he very clearly puts a ton of thought into his arrangements and how he wants things to go. How, I, you know, I'm going to lean into the, the Metallica side here and lean into the Muse side here. Like he's really, really good at that. So Andre, please come on our show. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> I, I know that you've, that would be uh, wishful for a lot of folks. We have we have reached out to him in the past, though, but um, we haven't been able to work it out because yeah. there's a, b- a bit of a language barrier there. But man, I hear him sing this uh, in the you know the style of the Muse guy, and it sounds so natural and so good. And I know singing's different than speaking, but gosh dang! I mean, I have a million questions to ask him about this. Like, number one, like how long ago did you start like composing this? Because to me, this seems like it would take like so long to put together something that blends perfectly the yeah. way this does i don't think i could uh yeah yeah I'd you'd be banging your head against the wall there, you'd have like an engineer and a producer and like all these people trying to help you like why don't you try this you know no this dude's just out there uh, you know cranking this out in a matter of weeks evidently so yeah and underappreciated on youtube i mean he's got over a half million subscribers but it's not enough for what this guy does it's so yeah good. the amount of work he puts in and yeah no the doubt. creativity that goes behind it i totally agree yeah so maybe you'll see uh in addition to ween and viagra boys maybe you'll see a few alex comments maybe even a few of mine if you pop over and check out uh, andre and yeah that's right uh, videos. yeah you'll see me wearing a cardigan and penny loafers and <laughs> and dockers <laughs> Do you have any memories of running into your teachers in weird places? 
Um, I ran into my Spanish teacher at church when I was like 12. Yeah, yeah I, I went to an elementary school where uh, we, we had to take Spanish. It was weird. But oh, um, okay. yeah, she it was Mrs. Metcalf. And she was all like dressed up, you know, for church. She wasn't wearing just her like regular, you know, like business casual. And I was like, holy crap, that's Mrs. Metcalf. What the hell? So yeah, that my head was spinning like the rest of the day. Man, I thought that was weird. I'll tell you the weirdest uh, place I saw one of my teachers uh, when I was 16 or 17. This is funny. It's actually a church-related uh, story. Uh, I was I was on the way to church, but at the time, I took my girlfriend to church. So I picked her up, and then we went together. Completely unnecessary because our parents or her parents drove themselves, but it was kind of like, you know, we're teenagers. We want to drive places and hang out <laughs> so yeah. uh i was i but i when i left i forgot something i don't remember what i forgot but i had to speed back home and get what i forgot and then was picking up the speed uh on the way into town and and on the way to her house and i needed to get gas and uh, but i'm speeding a little bit and there's blue blue lights behind me I'm like oh uh, shit. shit i'm s- fucking 16 and i'm on my way to to pick up my girlfriend on the way to church i'm kind of dressed up but i'm getting fucking pulled over and so i decided like well i might as well get near the gas station because i'm going there anyway i was only a few hundred yards away so i'll pull up and get kind of beside the pump but when i I pull over i look over and my history teacher is pumping gas across from me and she looks over and sees like the cop behind me then looks at me then looks at the cop and then looks at me and she just kind of has like a grin on her face i was a pretty good kid so she wasn't like you know you're getting your come up and she was like travis what have you got yourself into here (laughs) next time i saw her at school she whispered to me she was like like, what did you steal? You know, she's. Getting... <laughs> I was nice. like, I was on my way to church, kind of, sort of, mostly to make out with my girlfriend and then go to church. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty embarrassing. I'd be mortified. Yeah, yeah, it was terrible. I actually ended up telling my girl, I was like, I'm, I can't come. I got pulled over. I'm going to be like 30 minutes late. Tell your parents to take you. Don't tell them why though. <sighs> so it was what awkward. What was her but... reaction to that? Uh, she was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I'll explain later. The cops. Bye. <laughs> well, if you're if you're frantically screaming like that, now I just imagine you as Ray Liotta at the end of uh, Goodfellas, <laughs> where he's just like out of his mind and paranoid. Yeah, pretty much. It was so awkward. Um, That's fun times. <laughs> we, we all laughed it off in the end, but at the time I was embarrassed. All right. Uh, last email here. Do you want me to read this one or do you want to take Alex R's email? Uh. Go ahead and take this one. All right. Yeah, it's a little too much Alex on Alex if you read it. I'll do it. <laughs> this is uh, from Alex R. It's uh, replying to an earlier email, playing retro games remotely. Uh, so he says, uh, thanks for reading that question. Of course, we gave him some advice on uh, using the, uh, was it RetroLink? What did we say there? Uh, oh, RetroArch. Yeah, playing online, it was uh, RetroArch. Uh, that works pretty well for, for what uh, what you're looking for there. Right, and uh, Alex, if I recall correctly, had uh, done a charity stream at some point, was looking for ways to carry that through uh, COVID. So he says, thanks for reading the question. Love the show, y'all. I'm from Memphis originally, but live in Chicago now and was kidding a little bit. But hearing you guys talk barbecue and hear Alex say he loves KC, but has never tried Memphis style, woo, get some central barbecue. I get at least one order shipped every year and swear by it. If you give me an address, I'll send you some. Consider it a Patreon gift. <laughs> Man, a guy offered to send you barbecue. You I love the idea that a guy gets a shipment of barbecue every year. Like, that is <laughs> co- fucking commitment. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I imagine just a big truck dedicated to just carrying around barbecue backing <laughs> up to this guy's driveway and him having to, like, shovel it off with a snow shovel. That sounds know, like something, like, Robert would do from a classic gaming podcast. I don't know why he popped into my mind for something like that. <laughs> but that does, yeah. it, it seems like that would be on brand for him. That's uh, funny. Get a fucking truckload of pork. All right, boys. So then he says, thanks for the tip. This is in regard to the retro arch. Uh, I will try your suggestion. I uh, want to get the charity stream going again, even remotely. We've raised 13 grand over the years, and it feels bad had to let it uh, fall aside, but it happens. Uh, your show has really been awesome to listen to over these lockdown times, y'all. Thanks for all you do. From Alex's first Patreon review of American Gladiators for me to today, uh, the Pilot Wings composer episode especially, I've sent that to five folks and told them they have to check y'all out. And that's a good one to start with. I appreciate you picking that one. Um, then he says, uh, if you're ever hurting for questions, one is, how do you how do you convince someone to play a classic game they don't like? I've tried Secret of Mana 
10 times, it's mana, mana, secret of mana, mana, 10 times on lots of platforms, and it just feels weird and wrong to me. I hate the controls, but I know it's great, supposedly. My favorite games ever are uh, Super Nintendo RPGs, Earthbound, Chrono Trigger, Super Mario RPG, but if you just don't like a classic, how do you change someone's mind? Alex R. Why do you have to change your mind? Like, why can't you just not, you're okay, it's okay if you just don't like something, that's fine. Uh, I, I guess what, what, what you can do is, uh, put yourself in, you know, uh, in the, in the context of the time it was released, uh, try and read up on the background of the game. I, I know Secret of Mana was supposed to be a launch title for the CD peripheral, uh, that got canceled, uh, and eventually became the PlayStation. But, uh, you know, the, you can try that. It's not going to be like Clockwork Orange where yeah we're going to peel your eyeballs open. You're going to sit there strapped to a chair and you're just going to play Secret of Mana until you like it, damn it. Like that's not how that works. Like it needs to be organic somehow and however that however that comes about is however it comes about. I will yeah. say it does make a little bit of a difference playing with a second player. I uh but the thing is is that it takes a while. It takes I don't know, 20, 30 minutes to get that second character. And then they leave, and then you get another second character. Yeah, it's always tough. Because I remember, I mean, there's a lot of games that were highly touted to me that I really bounced off of. And I think some of it, too, was the expectations that the person who recommended it to me put on it. They're like, dude, you're gonna love this game. You're gonna fight. You're gonna love that. it, dude. And and I get that they're super excited about it, but it's it's not gonna live up to what. E- even if I do like it, I'm gonna be a little bit disappointed that I'm not bouncing off the walls like they are for some reason. And I think my gut reaction is to downplay it because I don't want anyone else to feel they have like power to control what I love. So I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes true. it's 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 just how people ask or how they propose the experience to you. But I don't know, man. I, I think that's an interesting um, take because. I've found that I have a real knack for embracing the jank with a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. Like, I could not get into Secret of Evermore at all. And I really wanted to, but I couldn't do it. But for some reason, Secret of Mana, 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 I dug that. And they're not really that different. I mean, in some ways, sure. But mechanically speaking, it's it's pretty similar. So it's it's weird how sometimes like it's just hard to put your finger on what, what yeah. bugs you about it. Well... I, I did. I wasted, you know, twenty minutes of video time on uh, freaking uh, Secret of Evermore, explaining, you know, trying to rationalize, like, why don't I like this game? <laughs> like, let me figure this out. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's the I, goddamn I've, rat maze. I've been there. Or the yeah, merchant. seriously, or the rat king in the merchant hall. Yeah, the the merchant hall is so ridiculous. You know, it's funny, uh, speaking of hype and expectations and stuff like that, and setting expectations, uh, my girlfriend Pearl is a huge fan of horror movies, and she's seen all the classics, but one random night, she's like, I want to watch Blair Witch Project. I was like, really? Blair Witch? And she's like, yeah, I've never seen it. I was like, you love horror movies as much as you do, and you've never seen it? And she's like, yeah, I hated how like it, it went from being like this great you know instant classic like amazing movie and then seemingly overnight everybody was like well that that movie was stupid it was really dumb and you're right yeah, we knew it was fake and so she just completely stayed away from it for however many years and she watched it that night and she freaking loved it that's awesome to yeah. the point that she said that um she had nightmares of getting lost in the woods and uh, oh, I accidentally woke her up because one of the fir- for some reason I have a habit of uh, cracking my knuckles when I wake up, and she thought my knuckles cracking were like twigs breaking in the oh, woods. Whoa! <laughs> it was like, Holy all shit. right, let's, you really did like that movie. So I totally get that though, specifically about that movie. And I think I'm someone who's a little bit, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm a bit immune to like hype in some way like i i'm never on the cutting edge of whatever's new and out there maybe for that reason maybe because i i don't want to be caught up in like all of the vitriol that comes out of a new game that comes out or whatever well people people like having opinions because it allows them to speak in declarative statements like yeah this is this this is good this is bad it's like i i I like to think there's a little more nuance than that sometimes (laughs) 
I usually end up liking most shit. I don't know if that makes me just a vapid person, but I'm yeah, like, you're, no, you're just a, right. you're just a simpleton. Sorry. I think I'm just a simpleton. <laughs> yeah, which is great because I'm usually pretty happy with things. So good for me. <laughs> I mean, Legend of Zelda is perfect. Let's be honest. But beyond that, you get into things like Secret of Evermore. You start to get like, oh, maybe it's not so good. Maybe, so, maybe yeah. it needs more music or something. I don't know. <sighs> anyway, um, anything else Legend. you want to say about Legend of Zelda before we move on? It's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> that was good delivery there. Uh, is it though? What what makes it good? Okay, it's, what if somebody just doesn't like? Let's let's answer Alex's question here with and use Legend of Zelda as an example. Sure. How, what, how, if they how, do, what if they just don't like it? What if they just don't That's like fine. it? I, actually, I know several people that that don't like it. Do, yes. you, do you think less of that person? Not not by much, like a little bit. Like I I lose a li- like an inch of respect on a, like on a scale of a bunch of respect. It's like I'm just like man, sucks for them that they didn't don't like that. <laughs> that's kind of my attitude. It's like oh that's your loss. Too bad, so sad. Like <laughs> a great game. You seem like a nice person, but I think you got one character flaw, and it's because you don't you don't like that game. No, it's fine. I totally get it. I mean, it's a. Uh, it's a game that if I were to play right now, and it was my first time playing it, uh, I probably wouldn't like it. But, uh, you know, grew up with it, and uh, therefore it uh, has no flaws. That's just the way that it works. I can't see past what six-year-old me set for that <laughs> game. So it's the Ken Griffey Jr. Presents Major League Baseball of the NES, basically. <laughs> for me, it is, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's how that works. It's hard to separate that sometimes, man. Some people get really, uh, really attached to what they grew up with, and they just won't budge, and I get it. I'm not even mad about that. I'm like, dude, I hope that game stays perfect for you until you die. I hope you always love it. Who are you talking? Uh, what what game? Who are you talking to? <laughs> what 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 imaginary conversations are you having right now? No, some people are, will be like, um, you know, they'll say things like, uh, I you know, I don't I can't think of a game by example, but they'll say like, I don't want to play it again because I don't want to tarnish like, you know, my childhood memory of it. And I'm like, for sure. I mean, I totally respect oh, that. Yeah, keep that where it is. But then there's other folks that say, like, oh, I'll play this game once a year. Like, a lot of Final Fantasy fans are like this. They'll say, like, oh, I play Final Fantasy VII once a year. It's always it's it's always great. And I'm like, well, I hope it always stays great because I'm, oh, I'm, I get excited when people get amped. You there know? you go. That's great. Don't uh, – I don't. I hate when people lose out on what they love. And they're like, man, I used to love this, but it bums me out when I play it now. But Ness Friend ruined it with his criticism. Yeah, dude. Have you gotten yeah, that one yet? That's another thing, too. Oh, no, not yet, because, again, I'm not too, I'm not a harsh critic, but I've seen that happen. Or, I mean, I think it happens a lot with uh, reviewers that do levy a little bit more of a hard-handed take one way or another. Yeah. And, man, you get those stands in there. I mean, I've seen them pop up in your in your comments as well, and it's like, man, how are you going to let, like, some other person's opinion really get you down like that, man? Yeah, Come like cr- Chrono Cross, it's just a crappy sequel. It's a fine. It's an okay game. You can do better <laughs> for RPGs on on PlayStation. But uh, if you're expecting a good sequel to Chrono Tr- Trigger, uh, not happening. Not a very good follow up. And if we all ended up liking the same games, there would only be like one genre, and <laughs> that would suck. So it's all good. Well, that's that was some good in the weeds discussion about uh, games. So just like all the games you like, and if you don't like, it's not a big deal, man. There's a lot more games. Right on. Couldn't have said it better myself. Okay, well, man, we we went through, we ripped out a bunch of emails here. Thanks everyone for the emails. We got a few more to get to, but man, love hearing from y'all. Yeah, so and good. thanks thanks for the emails. We still have what like twelve that we need to get to. Oh, one one quick shout out. I want to give a shout out to to Adam. Uh, the the, the this, he's an interesting fellow. Uh, all he does is email us. A name oh, yes. of an obscure athlete, and uh, a few weeks ago he messaged us uh, Spurgeon Win. So good, and so I came back with Christian Ponder, and he came back at me with Josh Freeman. Trav came back with Kelly Gruber. Uh, Adam came back with Jesse Barfield. This is just as exciting as uh, as it sounds, by the way. But this is all we oh, do with this guy. Uh, <laughs> we. <laughs> And he comes at me with uh, Jim Eisenreich. I got to come back at him oh, with good. Pete Incavilia. Oh my God! What is yeah. that? Is that a, I don't even know that. Is that a hockey guy? Who's that? No, he was. He was a. Uh, you should Google his. Uh, here, let me. Uh, if, I, if I could fucking spell an inch of that name out of Google. Yeah, it all, right? I was gonna say you're not gonna. Like I, I don't even know how to spell it. I have to. 
copy paste. Sounds but like this, a pharmaceutical company. What is it? This pe- is uh, this is your classic beer league looking guy. Uh, here he is in 1987 on his Don Russ card. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And you know what's funny? That guy in that picture probably 19. <laughs> That's just the way they looked back then. Nineteen-year-olds were old men. Me and my brother talked about that all the time too. Where it was like, I cannot believe. Like, I, I think it was uh, this relief pitcher on the Twins. The dude was like twenty-three, and I swear to God, the guy had must have. He looked like uh, he had like six kids, had been buried for <laughs> like tw- you know twenty years, and had just given up on life because he looked miserable. <laughs> it's like. I, what, why did people look so strange back then? It's just odd. I know, man. They just aged, aged harder. A lot more cigarettes in the diet. Just eating them too, smoking. Yeah, them that's them. true. Cigarettes, big part of it. Yeah, I tell you, there's another picture here. If you if you Google Pete Incavilla, he's uh he's a manager of the Tri City Valley Cats, and uh, currently doesn't look a day over 58. I mean, he's really <laughs> really aged appropriately. So good for him. The Valley Cats. Nice. I like that name. Yeah, I but guess yeah, so. I Inky. I don't know what that is. Oh, yeah. He also was briefly part of that uh, infamous Phillies team that went to the World Series. So he had that mm. like beautiful mullet going on for yeah. a minute. For a, a quick curly minute. thing on the end. Yeah. Yep. He's he had the uh, the Darren Dalton style hair. Take that one, Man. Adam. Darren Dalton. Dave Hollins. And the fucking mustache power on that team with Mike Schmidt. Can you can you imagine? <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> <laughs> what a lineup. Uh, but I love I love hearing from from our pal Adam there. In fact, if I if I get a, see an email pop in from Adam you haven't replied to yet, I get really giddy. I get to be like, all right, who's it going to be? Who am I going to pick? Who am I going to pick? So, uh, yeah, excited for more emails, uh, and uh, we'll get to more as we go here. So that's going to do it for Drunk Friend episode number seventy nine. Uh, <laughs> and you can <laughs> that's you can fucking uh, take that to the bank. Uh, you can reach out to us with more questions right. or comments at any time. Uh, drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com and we'll respond there or read it here eventually. You can also head on over to polymedianetwork.com. We got we got a few more podcasts over there. We got Polykill for gaming. We got Indie Quest for gaming. We got Petey's Power Hour for drinking and we got Tales of the Lesser Medium for giggling. Well done. If you're not interested in sending an email, no big deal. Just give us a rating or review on a podcast app of your choice and that'll help us out big time. And you can actually rate on Spotify now. How about that? You can. You can do that. You can also find us on social media on Twitter. I'm at Traff Plays Games, and you can find Alex, of course, at SNES Drunk. And as always, the music you heard at the beginning and can hear right now was composed by our friend Coolor. The track you hear is called Electric Star Bounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And a shout out to Josh Leslie for our thirst quenching logo. All right. Be sure to catch us on YouTube, and thanks for listening. And I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. <laughs>